This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 816, you're tuned to WGNS on this Monday morning. Today, the 14th of September, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning, local eye doctor here in town. How are you this morning? I am doing just great. Uh, Even despite the wet weekend, I did not melt. I'm here in full strength, ready to go for the week. Happy Monday to everybody out there. It rained like crazy yesterday. Yeah, it rained like cats and dogs. You know how I know that? Uh, when I went outside, I stepped into a poodle. But oh, bum No, it's man, too early for that. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know, this is the open line time for all questions about eyes, about your face, about glaucoma, cataracts, diabetes in the eyes, macular degeneration, all those things. And I'll start you off with a new thing that we're doing at my office which is uh, injection of an implant called Durista. And the neat thing about this Durista is that it is for people with glaucoma, and we have had very good success with it for people that are using eye drops and being able to get off of all their eye drops. Because what it is is it's the medicine of the eye drops in a little microcapsule that goes just inside the front part of your eye. It just kind of hangs out there and gradually releases the medication constantly at the right amount. And the neat thing about it is unlike eye drops, which will give you, you know, you put a drop in, you get a strong peak of the medication. And then when it goes into what's called its trough or it kind of dissolves away slowly with time it metabolizes you got hardly any left then you put another drop in so you get these peaks and valleys in your medication levels this gives you a constant amount throughout the day and especially at night it gives you the right amount and the interesting thing about night well why should i care what my medications are doing while i'm sleeping is because that's the time that your eye pressure is the highest Hmm, and that's never measured in the eye doctor's office. And uh, the sleep studies have shown that the pressure goes up about eight points. So you may go into the doctor's office, and if you're a glaucoma patient, this is like, you know, if you're a blood pressure patient, knowing your blood pressure, or a diabetic patient, knowing your serum glucose or your A1C level. But when you go into the eye doctor's office and you know, you're, you're taking this medication to lower your pressure, and you're like, oh, what's my pressure? Oh, it's about 15. It's doing well today. It's right in the middle of normal. And that's great. But, you know, when you go to sleep, it goes up around 22, 23, 24, which is higher than you'd like it to be. And not all glaucoma eye drop medications work at nighttime. For example, the beta blockers, like you may have heard of Timolol, or in combo products like Combagan, uh, these other ones, Dorazolamide, Timolol, they do not work as well 
in the evening when you're sleeping and that's when your pressure is the highest and you need your medicine to work the best another nice thing about this Durista implant as uh, we put you through an insurance approval process and ins if your insurance covers it then it's free for you isn't that wonderful and it can give you better pressure control for at least four months half of the people that get it six months and a quarter of the people or a third of the people that get it a whole year without taking any eye drops so that's one of the new things in ophthalmology and glaucoma care the Durista implant d-u-r-y-s-t-a if you want to google it but uh, if it's something that may interest you, give us a call there at McKay Vision Center. We'd love to talk to you about it because it works well. Uh, so it's interesting that there's more eye pressure at night versus during the day, I guess, right? When you, when you sleep. That's right. That's right. You know, sleep is a wonderful thing. It helps our brain uh, through these alpha delta waves and going into the REM sleep get rid of all the extraneous information that our eyes see and our brain accumulates during the day and if you don't get that REM sleep for a week you start to go crazy mm -hmm. literally isn't that amazing so you've got to have your sleep it's very important for your brain how about that as well as other things happen you do you know do you know when the most heart attacks happen no at what time of day it's when you go from sleep to wake it's when you get out of bed because your blood pressure's down relaxed your heart rate's down relaxed and then the alarm goes off oh my god is your bed i gotta get going i'm late and all of a sudden you're up walking around doing stuff and your heart is used to you laying there relaxed and calm and quiet you know in a dark room and now you need blood pressure to supply blood to your head and oxygen to your head because you've jumped up and you're not laying horizontal you're vertical now and it's got to pump hard and so that great sudden oxygen demand especially if you've got narrow coronary arteries boy that's the number one time when uh, heart attacks occur and when we lay down of course we're not standing up we're laying down gravity rushes more blood towards our head and as a result this increases pressure in the eye it's just a physical component of fluidics so we have to try to control our pressure because you know the treatment of glaucoma it's not it's not diagnosed let's make that definition first it's not diagnosed by your eye pressure because half of all people with glaucoma unlike high blood pressure half of all people with high eye pressure half of all the people that have glaucoma do not have high eye pressure they have pressure in normal range so it's diagnosed by certain tests that look at the thickness of your optic nerves or even your side vision which is a later effect but it is treated by lowering the pressure well if our pressure goes up at night and the doctor isn't measuring that then you you may feel like oh my pressure was good i had it checked today or whatever but your doctor's got to keep this in mind and if your testing shows that you're still losing some vision 
it's probably because your pressure is going up at night assuming you're using your medications like you should be a good patient use your medications like you should but if you're uh, continuing to get worse vision you have glaucoma it's probably because your pressure is too high in the evening and you need a medication that works then and that's the nice thing about the Darista implant is that it works 24 7 365 no holidays or weekends there and uh, some of the glaucoma drops do not so uh, if you have glaucoma it's something you want to look into now you brought up something interesting uh, the whole sleep apnea thing sleep is just a it's puzzling to begin with it's interesting it's fascinating because you were saying well you know if you don't sleep for x amount of days you're literally going to go crazy but it sounds like sleep apnea also has an impact on the on the eyes yeah so sleep does now sleep apnea right so sleep apnea is where you get some closing of the end of the oral pharynx the glottis there and we don't get enough oxygen to our lungs and you have snoring and it's typically people that are overweight or have a thick neck or things like that but you never get to that realm state right <clears throat> you never fall into that deep sleep well you may start to get into it but then you know besides coughing you kind of choke a, a little bit and you're gasping for air and it kind of wakes you up and boom you come out of it so you're never in your stages of sleep that you should be you don't get the oxygen to your brain and it's associated with many things you know with the heart it's associated with atrial fibrillation with uh the eyes it's associated with glaucoma and uh we talked about your blood pressure going down while you sleep well you need blood to provide oxygen as well as take away waste products from cellular metabolism but getting the oxygen to your eyes at night some people who have pressures that are low and have glaucoma and have continued loss of vision well one of the things the the doctor should be cognizant of is are you taking any blood pressure medicines before you go to sleep at night hmm. it's common to do that well your blood pressure is already low at night now you're putting a blood pressure pill which is going to lower it even more while you sleep and you could get a relative hypoxia or relatively increased not enough oxygen to your eyes and to your brains and other parts but this can worsen glaucoma just like it can have problems with your heart and getting enough oxygen there and such so yes you want to maintain oxygenation have a good uh, pulmonary function and breathing to provide that oxygen all over your body but it does affect people with glaucoma now i'm guessing people take the blood pressure medication at night some of them do i guess because it may make them a little tired or is there a reason another reason for taking it at night versus in the morning well let's uh let's say you don't have glaucoma and your pressure is too high to begin with you need to keep it down let's say you're on a glaucoma pressure reducing medication that only lasts 12 hours so you need to take it twice a day but if your pressure drops too low then you can have issues as well i always quote socrates who once said everything in moderation and that applies to almost everything in life but we've got to have enough oxygen to our brain, to our eyes, and with the eyes, it can make glaucoma worse 
by lowering oxygenation from your blood pressure being too low if you use blood pressure medication at night. Now, saying that, that's for your eye doctor to have a conversation with your cardiologist or your internist or family <laughs> medicine doctor. Please do not self-medicate yourself and say, well, I heard Dr. McKinnon-Rea, and he says if I take my blood pressure at night, you know, then my glaucoma will get worse, even if you don't have glaucoma. <laughs> so have that discussion uh, first uh, with your eye doctor. Your eye doctor will look for these things and discuss it uh, with your physician that manages your blood pressure. You know, the, the fascinating thing about medicine is that literally everybody is different. You know, this person over here may have, well, they have this extra little problem that this patient over here doesn't have like this one has glaucoma this one over here doesn't this one has diabetes yeah i mean everybody is totally different well yes we are individuals we are unique we have many things in common boy and interesting things like uh between uh us and monkeys we have 98 percent or more of our chromosomes and dna hmm. uh in common and there's just one to two percent uh, difference there isn't that amazing and it uh, yeah all that codes are there but it depends upon which genes are turned on and off because even though we have all these similarities not all of the proteins that are created from those genes are expressed and so it depends you know we have cancer genes in our chromosomes they're called oncogenes and if those are turned on from a promoter or an inhibitor is turned off, whatever, if they get activated, then you start to produce the proteins that uh, create cancer in our bodies. So, yes, we are all individuals and slightly uh, different from each other, but we got a heck of a lot more in common with each other. And we always need to remember that. We have a text message that says, I have been on fairly strong <coughs> depression medication for the past 12 months. Mm. And over the past six to seven months, I've noticed a reduction in my eyesight. Could it be caused by the antidepressants? Uh, and the answer to that is yes. That's probably in the top one or two things in the differential diagnosis. And, and I'll tell you, any of these medications will throw antidepressants in it. We'll also throw in antihistamines because we're moving into the fall allergy season. So that's another one. Pain pills. Oh, that's a big one. I'm not talking about uh, the non-steroidals like ibuprofen or uh, a leave or something like that. I'm talking about the um, stronger uh, narcotic uh, pain medications, people that have back pains, things like that, oxycodone, Tylenol-3, all those kind. And then also blood pressure medicine, beta blockers. We talked about the I one, which was Timolol, but in the pill form, it's metoprolol, propranolol, the end in lol. So those blood pressure medications, all those things, of which antidepressants are one, as well as diuretics. Ooh, don't let me forget that, diuretics. So all those cause water to come out of your body or a drying effect, and you'll get a dry mouth. And whatever gives you a dry mouth is also going to give you a dry eye. Now, 
The tear film represents 70% of the refractive capability or the focusing power of your eye, 70%. So if you've got a poor tear film, yes, it's going to reduce your vision. And antidepressants are in that category we just mentioned, which give you a decreased tear film. And let me tell you, dry eye disease, that is so important. It's so overlooked. It's so underdiagnosed. And when you take care of that, your comfort gets better. Your vision gets better. The redness in your eyes gets better. You perform better during the day, whatever those tasks are that you're doing. Uh, also, a poor blink rate. What do you mean? I don't blink enough. I think I blink just fine. No, it's not up to you. It's an involuntary thing. And most people blink uh, 12 times a minute. But when you concentrate very hardly, very hard, just like you, Scott, you're looking at these monitors. And everybody else now is staring at their monitors at work. Well, gosh, if you do that more than four hours a day, or if you're a truck driver where you're concentrating hard on the road uh, and video displays not only a computer but also your phone and your tablets and all these things now studies have been shown that when we stare at these things and we're focusing intently our blink rate cuts in half so now we're blinking like six times a minute well blinking is what remoisturizes our eyes spreads the tear film out across it so just by doing those things, you can get a dry eye as well. Maybe you've got other problems. Maybe you've got thyroid disease. The most common eye problem with thyroid disease is dry eyes. Maybe you've got a connective tissue disorder, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, all those things. The treatments for those and those processes themselves can give you dry eyes. So there's all these kind of things. And once you start getting on three or more medications, chances are you're on one that can cause a dry mouth and a dry eye problem, and that can affect your vision. So yes, I'm sorry for the long-worded, verbose answer, but there's so many things that go into it. And if you want your best vision, you've got to have a good tear film. This person says that I think I have Lyme disease, and I've had it probably for most of my life. Uh, since childhood, I have been <laughs> allergic to beef. And I have felt tired nearly every day. What can I do? Kind of un-eye related, but yet medical related. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, the first thing is to get, get it diagnosed for sure. And there's blood tests for the various causes of Lyme disease. Uh, Epstein-Barr virus, which, of course, you know is one that can cause uh, mononucleosis and can make you very tired. You know, the other things that can make you tired, you know, are being anemic, which is very common. So there's all these kind of things that can cause that. But you, you just go to your primary care physician, whether an internist or a family practice. It's, it's probably not the best thing to go to one of these uh, urgent care clinics because this is going to take a little bit to figure out for you and they're mostly you know coming from one problem we'll take care of that and out you go but uh, have a good internist or family practice doctor and uh, they will be able to figure out the causes for your tiredness and whether you know you may have one of these viral issues or the other things that can cause it and uh, make sure that you get that uh, diagnosis because there are treatments for it
You know, you brought up diabetes briefly, and I know you have talked about in the past how sometimes someone who didn't even know they were diabetic comes to you, you see that they have an eye problem, then you slowly figure out, you know what, you may be diabetic, let's get some more tests done. How in the world are you able to see that within somebody's eyes? Hey, that's a good question. How'd you think of that? <laughs> I was sitting here thinking. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good question. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly, one out of five new diabetic diagnoses are made by the eye doctor. What? By the eye doctor? I thought it was a blood test. Well, yeah, it gets confirmed by the blood test. But the your eye doctor, who does a thorough medical you know, this isn't quick going in to get glasses or something, but this is a thorough medical exam. Um, and by the way, when you're going in for your eye exam, don't don't be rushed about that. Don't plan another appointment 45 minutes or an hour after this one. This is an important thing, you know. You probably only get it once a year. So make sure you allot time to get a thorough dilated eye exam uh, done by your eye care professional. But the eye doctor is the only one that can see the red blood cells going through the capillaries and the blood vessels and we have that privilege because we can look into the back of your eye looking at the blood vessels in the retina and when we see little micro aneurysms little bulges in arterioles or capillaries or we see little spots of bleeding the most common diagnosis in the U.S. is diabetes. You know, diabetes and diabetic retinopathy affecting the retina and the eye is the number one cause in the United States of vision loss of working age Americans. If you are a diabetic, then you know that your insurance company sends you a letter at least once a year saying make sure that you get your dilated medical diabetes eye exam by your eye care physician and it's that important because if they can catch it early you can treat it early you do better and the insurance company spends a lot less on you you spend a lot less time at the doctor it's a win-win all around so all diabetics should get a dilated thorough medical dilated eye exam once a year uh, to look for these things because there are good treatments for it and uh, we see many diabetics uh, in our practice and um, you know we have a pretty good track record of uh, getting these people better and we're happy about that but it's anything you know I, I've always said a stitch in time saves nine an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure so the sooner you diagnose and treat it the least it is to cause you to lose function and the better you do, the less medications you be on, the less doctor visits you have, all these things, it's all good. Get your dilated eye exam once a year. Right now that time, 8.38, you're tuned in to WGNS. Dr. Craig McCabe from McCabe Vision Center on the air with us this morning. I've got to take a short break, uh, but let's get to this question first because it's kind of an interesting one, kind of weird. But it says, my breath smells of alcohol at times. My wife tells me, but yet I haven't had anything to drink. I'm in my 50s. What in the world? I, I guess, I don't know if the question of diabetes is what brought that question on, because I've always heard 
when someone has a diabetic crisis, their breath can smell of alcohol. But if this person's not having any other symptoms other than a breath that has alcohol on it, I mean, that's just weird. Mm-hmm. What in the world is that about? Mm. Or do you want to take a break and then we'll figure that out within the break? We'll come back about that. And I assume they don't mean fruity breath because that can mean that you're in uh, diabetic ketoacidosis, which is an emergency. Um, so this is just uh, someone who has alcoholic breath. Boy, you don't want to get pulled over for that. No Let's kidding. figure that one out. <laughs> Time right now, 840. Stay with us. We're going to check on that forecast right now as well. You're tuned in to WGNS on the air since 1947. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high into the mid-80s. Winds out of the northeast around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 70. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. I wanted to go ahead and invite your family to come do business with my family. We are excited to announce that our fall fragrance pet odor exterminating candles are here. If you have not experienced these, you should stop in and check them out. We are open for in-store shopping and also happy to offer curbside delivery if that's your preference. Thank you to our customers for allowing us to serve you for 30 years. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand-washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. The Gandy name started in the seafood industry over 60 years ago in Panama City, Florida. Now in the borough. On Memorial Boulevard, across from the sports car. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Time right now, 8.42, Dr. Craig McCabe from McCabe Vision Center on the air with us this morning. So that last question, kind of odd, alcohol Mm -hmm. on breath, but yet not drinking. What in the world? Right, right. You know, there's all kinds of things that can cause your breath to smell differently. And probably one of the number one things uh, is bacteria which can produce a smell in the mouth, uh, whether it be halitosis or other different things. Uh, You know, you can eat spicy food or whatever, and they eventually 
those odors can make it to your lungs and you can exhale them and give you that kind of uh, breath. You know, coffee gives you a certain breath. High sugar diets or high protein diets can give your breath a different smell. Of course, smoking does. You can have digestive issues such as acid uh, reflux, um, other things that can cause some of those fermented smells to come out. Uh, certain prescription medications can give your breath a certain smell. If you take uh, the omega-3 fatty acids, you know, people will say it kind of gives them uh, fish burps, if that is a funny thing. But you can have that kind of taste in your mouth. And then there's other medical conditions, sinus problems, diabetes, liver, kidney issues. Um, uh, but there's no eye problems that I know of that cause that. So you need to go see uh, a dentist and a primary care physician, probably in that order. And uh, they can go through the differential with you and help you with that. Here is an actual eye question. Okay. It says, I have had a lens replacement, and after three years, I'm having blurred vision in that eye. Hmm. Hmm. Well, this is actually very, very common. Uh, and assuming that you have not been back to see your surgeon, uh, your eye doctor, then... Um, if your vision was good after the cataract surgery, and then it's kind of gradually gotten worse again, about one to six years after cataract surgery, you can develop some scar tissue behind the lens implant that's put in your eye after the cat or during the cataract surgery, and it's a foreign body. And the response that your for that your body has to any foreign body that it recognizes as non-self is to wall that off with scar tissue, kind of partition it away where it's not going to cause any problems. Well, you know, if you get a knee or a hip or something like that replaced, you can uh, get loss of range of movement from adhesions that build up. And that's scar tissue. And that's to that foreign body that was put in. So in your eyes, there's no range of movement inside the eye, so, but it's loss of vision because the light going through the scar tissue blurs your vision. But um, pretty much all cataract surgeons now have a laser in their office called a YAG laser, which stands for the three crystals that help develop the laser, yttrium, aluminum, and garnet. But we just shorten it to say YAG, like everybody shortens everything these days. Because <laughs> we're too lazy to say the whole word. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we're too busy. So uh, you can have one of these done, and in two minutes, it can remove it. And it's covered by your insurance. And it doesn't hurt. And it has no restrictions afterwards. And it is one of the uh, safest, quickest uh, vision recovery procedures that we have. So, um, make an appointment with your uh, eye care physician. Uh, if you'd like, you can come see us. Uh, actually, last week I just ordered the state-of-the-art um, YAG laser, which also does a glaucoma laser treatment and also can help to remove floaters. Uh, from your eyes which bother a lot of people 
So um, that's the one thing that we try to do is have the state-of-the-art equipment, state-of-the-art procedures. Anyways, uh, it can be easily fixed, and uh, if you have already had that done, you've seen your eye care professional once a year, and he says, oh, you're developing this little secondary scar tissue, we can easily take care of that, and you've already had it done, then it's something else. And again, you'll need to see your eye care doctor to get that uh, taken care of, and hopefully it's something simple like this and easy to fix and uh, has a high success rate. So good luck to you, and I think that'll help you. You know, here in Rutherford County, we are a growing population. I know UT has a study that says we're going to reach 500,000 residents within the next 20 years. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Where are their cars no going to go? Where are their no cars going to go? Bridges. We'll have to add more bridges. That's that's what we'll do. The whole thing? Like whole bridges thing. over all the roads? Bridge it all. <laughs> Double air roads. But, you know, as this is happening, I am sure you are seeing patients who are moving here from Chicago, from California, from New York, wherever and they've been with the same eye doctor for the last 20 years, uh-huh. and then you're new to them, and Murphy's Bros new to them. Yeah. What types of things are you seeing when they come here for the first time in Tennessee? <laughs> I mean, are they saying to you, you know, I never lived in Tennessee before, but now that I am, I, I can't see because my eyes are always watery, or, you know, are, are, are they seeing tons of problems coming here for the first time? Well, they usually say, you know, we love it here because the people are nice and there's not as much traffic as where we came from or crime but if you if you've lived here like most of us have the last 5 years boy those things are starting to change traffic and crime and we're hearing now of shootings and things every single day in Murfreesboro where it used to be, that was somewhere else. It wasn't in Murfreesboro, and now it's here. And that comes with increased uh, population and congestion. And, uh, boy, I really hope our town managers look at that. And before they allow any other places to increase in population, they have a requirement that they have a concomitant increase in the infrastructure that needs to be there to support that population or that traffic density or that housing division or that apartment division and anything like that that's where i see our issues is that we do not build concomitant infrastructure to support it instead we're just trying to increase the tax base and build up but i'm off my soapbox now so <laughs> um the question was, what do we see from other places? Well, first of all, they're, they're glad to be here, and that's nice. You know, we don't have a beach. We don't have an ocean. We don't have mountains. We got Percy Priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Stone River. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is uh, – is that still in Rutherford County, Percy Priest? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just the southern tip. Starts Smyrna, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, – and I like Percy Priest. I got a boat there, too. But – the, the one of the things they notice is there's different allergies, right, from depending where they move. And I don't care where you move, there's allergies there, but they're different. So lots of times it's allergies and tear film problems that we see. And usually they've had very good care from wherever they've been. Uh, you, you know, people will sometimes they've gone to the 
uh, places just to get glasses and they've got a vision service plan and so they're kind of in and out of there and it's kind of like going to an urgent care for your medical needs you know you get a, a simple quick thing treated but you don't get the overall picture treated you know and you're not getting your routine dilated eye exams uh, you're not getting things looked like that your maintenance health all those things that need to be done um, and so those can have some issues and then they see me and we go through this list and they're like oh my gosh I'm going to the other doctor for years or whatever whatever and it turns out that they've just kind of been going for glasses changes and things like that so just make sure you get a thorough dilated eye exam don't be rushed for that that is can be very important to you and if it's you know a couple two three hours out of one day out of one year that was a great investment for you to make but anyways, um, you know, we work on people, uh, you know, we work on, we talked about that new Durista implant, um, the, our cataract implants that can free people from glasses so that they can see near, intermediate, and far distance. All these things, read without glasses and distance without glasses. They love that. Uh, we have a new cosmetic uh, laser at our office, which will remove uh, the light and the pigment irregularities on your face that will help to get rid of any kind of blood vessels that you can see on your face uh, that will tighten up your skin and help reduce wrinkles and we offer fillers and Botox and all those kind of cosmetic things now we've got a full line of cosmeceuticals uh, retinol products and other things uh, facials things to help you feeling well about yourself thinking well about yourself looking better as well as seeing better and being on fewer medications that's kind of been our drive lately and i think that improves people's lives so that's uh, all the new things that we offer there and uh, we'd be happy to see anyone to have a consult for any of these things uh, please uh, call us make an appointment at mckay vision center but uh, I think the main thing is to try to keep people seeing as well as they can. You know, one of the things I'll hear is that, ah, I don't see very well, but, you know, I think that's just because I'm getting older. No, shouldn't be like that. No. Up till about the age 85, you have enough photoreceptors back in your retina and your macula, the center of the vision, to see 2020. So you should be pretty close to 2020 till you're 85, and then it does diminish after that. But it shouldn't be that the vision is a big deal to you. If it is, then something's going on, and you need to get it taken care of, and you haven't been getting the maintenance visits to work on that, and you should. So if you haven't seen an eye doctor, it's been a while, do yourself a favor, your body, your vision. You know, or it's one of the things we hear. Well, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care. Well, how long did you think you were going to live? 45? I mean, come on. People live to about 80 now. Take, take care of yourself as best you can. It's hard to do, but, you know, continue to work on it. It's a never-ending uh, endeavor, right? But uh, see your eye doctor. See your primary care doctor. Get some exercise. Get some sleep. Uh, don't do anything to excess. And chances are you will do well and live a good life. Here is a gaming question. Ah, says here my son is 14 and i notice he gets right up on the computer screen is that normal <clears throat> probably normal for a 14 year old but not good for you you know i think it's normal when you're three years and less 
right, you get you get maybe a foot from that screen because then you're like at the IMAX cinema. It's yeah. awesome. Is that bad for them? Absolutely not. You know why? Because the very young eye like that has a very soft lens, and it can do what's called accommodation which means to focus on things very close. And it can do that without any eye strain, and it's awesome. But what happens when your kids are five or six? They're not a couple foot from the TV anymore. They're back about five feet now, right? Or they should be, I guess. Yeah, well, that lens starts to harden. Cataracts start to form shortly after the age two or three, believe it or not. They just don't get visually significant until later on in life. But it's because of that change that you can't see as closely. And then when you get to be 45, let's say you're lucky, you don't have to wear any glasses, and you're going to start, it's like my arm's not long enough. I can hold it out there a little further to read. And that's from the same process, that lens in your eye, which continues to grow throughout your life, one of the very few things in your body that does, but it grows in a confined space so it gets denser and denser and it's less able to accommodate or focus up close and you've got to hold things further away to read now so at 14 should you sit right in front of the tv no no probably not and if you can and do it comfortably chances are that you're what's called nearsighted which means you have sighted near but not too good at far so i would recommend that you uh, take your teenager uh, to get their eyes checked and see if they're a little nearsighted. If so, then that's fine for the computer and things up close and such like that, but pretty soon they're going to, hey, Dad, I don't want to start driving, you know, all these kind of things, yeah. right? They're thinking about it at 14 because, boy, that is a milestone of freedom when you get that driver's license or that uh, provisional driver's license. So. Um, that's actually a sign of that and may very well be that. It's not a disease or anything like that, but uh, you should have that checked out because it'll help their distance vision. They'll play sports better. They'll see the school board better, assuming they're not doing virtual now. But we've never talked about that before, have we? That's all a new thing this year. <laughs> but anyways, you know, I saw a great, uh, what was it on? It was on uh, Facebook or something, but it said uh, another fine day in 2020. And it has this uh, young mom looking out the window and there's hurricanes and there's tornadoes and there's earthquakes. And they're like, you know, another typical day, you know, and it's like, what's going to be next? But uh, we're all getting through it, aren't we? We're all getting through it. We're all managing this and uh, it'll be uh, better in a year. So we'll just get through this and do fine. But if you can see very well up close, uh, that's not typically normal to be real, real close. Unless you're real young. So, yeah, go get your eyes checked. Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning from McCabe Vision Center. And we have right around 30 seconds left. So the last question, my aunt had macular degeneration. Is it hereditary? Yes, it can be hereditary. But it is also very common as we get older. One out of 10 people over 50, one out of three over 75 becomes one of the most common, important medical problems of all as we age. And getting your routine annual dilated eye exam will help diagnose this and so many other things 
Thanks for all the questions. I wish everybody great vision and to have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. Nine o'clock local news comes your way in just 30 seconds.